Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey there, and welcome to the latest edition of Lynn Cullen Live. It's June 30, closing in on the July 4th weekend. Oh, speaking of that, I'm, you know, I was saying the other day that I'm, most of these holidays have, to me, uh, morphed into uh, days that I don't even want to uh, celebrate. Uh, consumerized, commercialized. Uh, but since July 4th falls on a Sunday, uh, it will be observed, of course, on a Monday. <laughs> and um, I'm taking it. Just saying. So there'll be no show on the 5th. Wasn't it Sophie Masloff who decided to save money or overtime pay, something like that? Yeah, when the fourth fell on a weekend and decided to have the fireworks on a weekday. Do I have that right? Something to that effect, and and all hell broke loose. Sophie was always sort of doing the, not always, but was doing the, right thing, the smart thing, and always taking crap for it, too, because she was just an unlikely kind of a mayor. She didn't look like the Hollywood version of what a mayor looks like, and that, of course, would be male and white. And speaking of that, uh, since Ed Ganey a black man won the Democratic primary for Pittsburgh's mayor. And since whoever wins the Democratic primary is generally considered a shoe-in to be the next mayor, uh, we should note that shortly after that win, people were already talking about the fact that certainly someone will take him on in the general election. And of course, that has now happened. I I mean, I, I believe there's four people who have said they'll run, two as independents, I think, whose names you don't know and you don't need to. Uh, but the the thing that had been assumed and has now happened is that the guy who came in a distant third in the Democratic uh, mayoral primary, uh, one Tony Marino will, in fact, he announced yesterday, take on Ed Ganey in the uh, mayor's race in November, and he will uh, run as a Republican, which is actually fitting and proper, since he is, by all accounts, uh, in his views and even in his history, a Republican. So it's interesting how this works, that, you know, you can run as a Democrat, get clobbered, and then turn around and in the general run as a Republican. He's able to do so by the fact that enough people on the Republican side in the primary wrote his name in. And uh, thus, it's funny, I should have taken a picture of it, but last, what was it, Monday, Monday night, I was out walking my dog, walking past a neighbor who had, who's always putting out the wrong garbage. I mean, how long it's going to take this guy to understand how recycling works and what they take and what they don't. He's just incorrigible. He's also the, the, uh, proud owner of a number of, uh, pro-Trump flags, which he flies in a neighborhood that, yeah, well, it's not exactly uh, welcome. And he clearly does it. My sense is not so much to announce his feelings, but to give a middle finger to all the people he's pissing off um, <laughs> by doing so, which, you know, go for it. That's 
that's the way things work here. So he um, he had a Tony Marino uh, sign out in the uh, – he had more than one. He had two or three positioned. He's on a corner. So, you know, you, there weren't a lot of those signs around town, but there there they were. Um, and and then last Monday night, this last Monday night, walking the dog, I see he's put out his garbage again, and yet again, screwed it up. He doesn't understand that um, they don't pick up recycling every week, and he doesn't seem to understand that cardboard boxes, of which he has tons every week, are are not considered general garbage. And as he puts them out, they're forever leaving them behind. They don't pick them up. And does he take them back in? No. He lets them sit outside, getting rained on, getting blown across the street. So there's always this like incredible mass of garbage for a week outside his uh, house. In the garbage Monday night, along with all these boxes, which I looked at and thought, oh, man, why doesn't, why does he keep doing that? He must get it by now. Is it just, again, sort of a middle finger? It's just bizarre. But leaning against all the Amazon, of course, leaning against all the uh, Amazon boxes, was a Tony Marino for mayor sign. And I loved seeing it in the garbage. And I thought, damn, why didn't I have my phone? Because I'll take a picture. And then it's still out there, I'm sure, because they didn't pick up the cardboard as usual. Maybe I'll go get it. Uh, you would think he'd want it now that he's his guy is uh, back, in, back in the race. So there he is. Uh, my gosh. So, Salah Udin, by the way, who I once told, this has to be decades, decades ago, I once told, I'd love to vote for you as mayor someday. And I said, but I don't think it'll ever happen. And I said, I don't think that Pittsburgh will ever elect a black mayor. Well, <laughs> guess that's not true. But Sala wrote a piece in um, maybe it was in Sunday's uh, local paper um, about the fact that uh, Pittsburgh uh, appears to be on its way to having its first black mayor, Ed Ganey. And he said some very, I think, important things. He was trying to lower expectations because Ganey will come in, of course, with this sense that, okay, well, fix it. The problem is, you know, you keep talking about this, that, and the other thing. Well, uh, do something, fix it. And, and, and Shala was saying, you know, it ain't going to doesn't happen like that. You don't just snap your fingers just because one person gets uh, put in one position in a complex machine known as uh, local politics and governance. And Sala also pointed out something that he thought Ganey was actually well positioned to do. And that is finally saying what um, I guess it's difficult for a white person holding the office to say, but that in trying to equalize situations and uh, environments and realities for people of color in Pittsburgh, um, it has to be acknowledged that the crime, the, 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 the murdering 
of black Pittsburghers by black Pittsburghers and how those um, the age of those victims, I, I believe Sala pointed this out too, is going down in an alarming way. So it is not unusual to pick up your paper on any given day and read that a child has been shot uh, and killed. And again, overwhelmingly in the African-American neighborhoods of, of the city. And that uh, maybe Ganey is in a, uh, in a position to speak to the black community about that. Far more blacks killed by blacks in Pittsburgh than killed by police. And that's got to be able to be said out loud if it's even going to be addressed. So, just wanted to say that, I guess. Oh boy, who said it the other day? Just looking at the front page of the newspaper is enough to make you, you know, roll over and go back to sleep, assuming you're reading it in bed. Uh, wow. So I'm looking at today's New York Times and, uh, oh, dang it. Okay, so there's two, there's, <laughs> there's, there's a headline here on the front page, and it says this. U.S. general warns of civil war gripping Afghanistan after exit. The exit, of course, in the United States exit of this interminable. Is it the longest war? Yes, the longest war in our history. Um, and we're not leaving because we won. When's the last time we left because we won? Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm serious. When's the last time our troops pulled out after a clear victory? Uh, I think it was H.W. Bush's very quick Gulf War um, in which he pushed Saddam Hussein and his troops back into Iraq, where they came from, and then stopped. And I believe it was Dick Cheney at the time who said, no, no, follow him in, go back, go into Iraq. And H.W. said, no, just wanted to get him out of, where was he? Yemen? I can't remember. Do you guys remember this stuff? Anyway, so that was the last time we sent troops in, in force, did what we said we were going to do, and turned around and left. And I don't think it took more than a, a month or two. I don't know. Don't remember. But this, his son's Iraq war, W's, is of course, and, and Afghanistan, are, are still going well, since 9-11. Um, so what's funny about the headline, U.S. General warns of civil war gripping Afghanistan after exit. Um, my reaction to it as I looked at it was, duh. I don't know a uh, general telling me that there'll be civil war. And he didn't even flat out say there'll be civil war. He said uh, is, it is certainly a path that can be visualized if it continues on the trajectory it's on. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, let's just, let me up, one up the general here. Let me warn, not warn, let me state that our Slinking out of Afghanistan after clearly not having won the war, whatever that was going to look like, 
um, will, of course, result in civil war because Afghanistan has been in civil war. Well, ask the Russians, ask the I mean, of course. And those poor people will continue to die and they're killing each other. And it's the Taliban. Right. 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 And we're leaving. <laughs> well, our work is done here. Let's go. How many people are dead? How many of ours? How many of theirs? And we're just saying, that's it. And I'm not saying that that's the incorrect thing. We should have probably done it 10 years ago because there was no winning it. And inevitably, when we leave, we will leave the Afghanis to, I don't know, hell. But sometimes, like, headlines are just so stupid. Saying it was very unusual for this general to speak out like he did. Blah, 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 blah. Come on. Anyone who's deaf, dumb, and blind and barely, barely paying attention knows that as soon as we're out, and by the way, we're never totally out. There's going to be uh, a few hundred, I don't know, five, 800 people, soldiers still there. Why? Don't ask me, because they'll be, of course, very vulnerable. So there's that. And it brings up a host of issues about um, our blundering and reactionary kind of uh, foreign intervention and uh, the fact that we seem incapable of completing and or winning these uh, these military adventures, and we don't ever seem to learn from them. Uh, and one of the things that's, you know, just gut-wrenching is, of course, the reality that far more American soldiers will, would have died in the 20 years we've been there. if not for Afghanis who worked with us as interpreters, as security guards, as uh, working at the embassy, as, as, as drivers, as, uh, you know, whatever they were, you know, they, they threw in their lot with us despite the fact that it put them and their families in grave danger. And we, we know that probably more than 300 of these people, these Afghanis or their family members have been killed. while desperately waiting to get a visa from, guess who? Yeah, that'd be us. So that they could get the hell out before the uh, civil war truly breaks out upon our closing the door behind us. And so the, I guess it was the House of Representatives yesterday did uh, vote uh, for speeding up the process somehow that allows these poor, uh, understandably frightened souls to um, get the hell out of there now. And it's not like the action we took did much. It just, I guess, did away with some medical um, appointment that they had to have. And there was only some examination that they weren't bringing disease Jesus, God, in with them. And there's only one uh, hospital in the entire country that does this test. 
And of course, all these people don't necessarily live there and it's, they have to pay for it. So it's expensive. We have put more roadblocks up in the way of these people who saved American lives in this hellhole. And we had promised them, we made quite clear to them that we'll protect you. Thank you. We'll protect you. And if and when we leave, we'll take you with us, right? That's what we told them. So what is our promise worth? The president has said those who helped us start, helped us are not going to be left behind. Well, I, then why are we waiting until the last possible minute here? Let them out. And even now, not get them out. We're just, we're just we're, the, the contingency plans are get them out of Afghanistan. Uh, get, get them next door into some other country. Get them uh, to Guam. Because we have so much red tape in place now. You need a special visa. A special immigrant visa available only to people who face death because of their work for the United States. And I don't understand why things have to get so complicated. We know who these people are. Get them out. Okay, so there was that. That was just one little story. And then, <laughs> New York. New York City, God bless you. Have you been following the mayoral uh, count? You know, they did this ranked choice voting thing that apparently allows you to finally figure out who won about seven years after the election is held. And they're still counting. Um, and it's been pretty clear since, uh, the day after the election that one person in that huge field apparently looks to be so far ahead that it's going to be really hard, if not impossible for anybody else to catch him. And that would be, uh, the, uh, this guy named Adams, who's a former cop. He's black. And he's uh, he ain't ain't what you'd call a you know progressive. <laughs> he's just sort of a guy in the middle, and that's who looks like New Yorkers voted for, which is interesting. And all of a sudden, yesterday, I saw it on my Twitter feed. I thought, what? The elections board in New York said. Well, we just counted a bunch more ballots and whoa, looks like this woman who used to head the sanitation department, uh, her name is Garcia, looks like she's come out of third place here. It looks like she's in a close second, came from out of nowhere. Much to her delight and much to the delight of a lot of other people since she's considered a little more uh, progressive. And so I remember seeing it and saying, well, either way. So New York will get a, another black uh, male as as their mayor or they're going to get their first woman. And then it wasn't – how long was it? Never mind, said the uh, election board, because as people started looking at these numbers, they said, this doesn't make any sense. This looks like all of a sudden there's a whole bunch more voters, and it was a total botch. They had counted. They had counted ballots that were like test ballots. They 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 weren't even. But here's the thing. Here's why I'm so annoyed. I mean, the upshot is it still looks like Adams is 
going to be the mayor, although it's still possible that either I think Garcia or this other woman, Wiley, could be miraculous catch up. But here is New York City screwing up a vote tally in an America which is consumed now, at least on the Republican side. Uh, by dark warnings about how Democrats steal elections. And no sooner had this, these false numbers, this mistake gone out in the, in the biggest media center in the country, then, of course, every Republican spouting the big lie about the presidential election and the big lie that, in fact, Trump had won and Democrats steal elections all the time. And we need all these new voting regulations to keep uh, our elections secure while they're all over this. Um, so I just want to, I'm sorry, I want to thank, this is sarcastic, I want to thank the New York Elections, Board of Elections, which apparently, by the way, has always been uh, a cesspool. Uh, it's one of those entities where uh, nepotism reigns, where cronyism, where where you give you know people who are who are not necessarily capable of the jobs they are given. This is where you know it's just a general trough where the politically connected can uh, are, are put to feed. So this is, I just want to thank New York for giving Donald Trump and his uh, minions quite a gift with this screw up. Also on the front page, there's more about the Delta virus. And, you know, we got Tony Fauci now warning us that we're going to have two Americas. We already have two. And and they're going to they're going to, you know, dovetail really well. The two Americas, the the red and the blue, the Trump and the not Trump. The Republican and the Democrat. Are also going to be the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. And the warning from Fauci, of course, is that we can expect to see surges and more infection and more death from COVID because of all the unvaccinated folks. And they pool in Trump country. It's amazing how they're willing to die for him. You know, they're willing to forego legislation that would help them. They're willing to sign on to stuff that keeps them back. They're willing to do so many things to harm themselves, but including dying for this lie that the vaccine is somehow more dangerous than COVID itself. Oh, well. So there's there's that. And then there's something more about the Florida thing. Good God in heaven. And then there's this. And I was thinking so much of this is about loss and the loss that we as a nation have suffered um, in so many ways in the last few years. The loss that we as individuals have suffered uh, because of, of covid um, loss, looking at the Florida thing, people struggling with that horror and tragedy. Loss, the general's warning about Afghanistan, because that goes in the loss column, too. 
Um, and then there's a, a little item about something that we're not talking about much here, but I've been watching it out of the corner of my eye and feeling dread. And it's an inevitability and always was, but it's a loss of an unusual city in the world. And that's Hong Kong. Hong Kong, which was always an anomaly because it, what was, I'm trying to remember what they called it. They called it the, the Chinese when they actually got the British, when the British left Hong Kong. The Chinese on the mainland finessed an agreement. When did this be? Back in the 80s, maybe? And they called it one, I think, one country, two systems. One country, two systems. And the commies on the mainland said, okay, this will now be the British are handing this over to us, but we are not going to impose the rules and laws that the mainland Chinese under our boot must live by. We will allow allow Hong Kong to continue as it is this free-wheeling wheeling capitalist, uh, you know, wondrous, never been there myself, but everybody who I've talked to has says it's just, you know, there's no place quite like it. And this was part of its uniqueness as well. The fact that it was now part of China, but not really. Anyone knows when the Chinese agreed to this and the British agreed that this wasn't going to stand. And you remember the bravery of young Chinese people taking to this uh, Hong Kong, taking to the streets uh, in the last years. They've been beaten. China is now putting its boot down. And I don't know. So there's a loss. It's it's about to, it's, it's as good as gone. And to me, that's a huge loss. It also suggests, I don't think this is the end for China, the Chinese um, expanding what they consider their territory and taking control, because I think we'll see that in Taiwan eventually as well. And it'll be hard for us not to get involved in that. But there is a, a, a the headline here in the New York Times today, China bends, bends freewheeling Hong Kong to its will. And it just talks about the new docility of the once vibrant and Hong Kong. The, there are not demonstrations in the streets. It says here that residents now regularly swarm police hotlines that have been set up so that they can report about their disloyal neighbors or colleagues. Teachers have already been told, much like there's an effort to tell teachers here, not to say, not to teach their students anything negative about China, history or otherwise. And in fact, the teacher's job is to imbue the students with love of country and apparently these people think that can only be done by lying to them. Libraries have removed all kinds of books, aren't available anymore. Uh -uh. That book about Nelson Mandela and Martin Luther King Jr., that's gone. One of a lot. Oh, wait, I just saw it. So the, the China, 
the turnover to China of Hong Kong by the Brits was in the 90s. Wow. Okay, so it happened even more quick. 97, says here. And I just have to say that even though I've never been there, I always was happy it was there and existed. And I so feel for the people of Hong Kong who who have lived there all their lives and really have not known what it's like to live in an authoritarian China. They were living in that one little oasis and they're about to lose all the freedom they had. It's as good as gone. Even to the point of where it says in this article that the way the police in Hong Kong march has changed. They used to march like we think of march, and not anymore. And now when the police march, and they do, in Hong Kong, they goose Like the Nazis did, and like the Chinese military likes their folks to march. First of all, what's that about? Have you ever tried to goose step? It's not a normal way to walk. No one in their right mind would walk that way. Throwing a straight leg out in front of you and then having it come down straight as if we don't have knees. It's hard. It's creepy looking. Maybe that's the point. Maybe that's the point. Scares you. So, okay, so that's the front page today, guys. And I, you know, a few other things. Um, speaking of goose steps, sorry, always looking for a segue. Okay, this will do. Speaking of uh, goose steps, the first time I saw goose stepping, I think to the do the the Soviets did it too. I think they did. I'm trying to think of those May Day parades. Yeah. Um, there is a. There is, again, a recurring story that you may or may not have noted. Um, You know, if you if you wait to find things out on, you know, U.S. television news or uh, whatever, you're not going to see it. You only find this stuff out by reading. Uh, But Germany has been really struggling of late, as have a number of countries, with a resurgence of nationalistic, right-wing, filled groups. What's particularly uh, frightening in the German resurgence is that this is a country that has done so much to try to stamp out to come to terms with, but then to stamp out this kind of white nationalism. Because Germany, of course, lived where that leads. And what's scary about the resurgence in Germany is it's centered in the German military and in the German police. I mean, you know, right-wing types do tend to gravitate to those two places, military and cops. They They like to have power. 
But story after story of like rogue units that like have these secret uh, meetings and 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 are and are hoarding weapons and stuff. Getting ready, getting ready, just like the guys are here in our country, which we don't pay enough attention to either. Their fellow travelers. And I, I just saw it, you know, it reminded me of George Romero. It's it's like it's like this kind of hate never dies. It never dies. It might lie moldering in the grave for a while as it has in Germany post World War Two. But man, that's a long time ago now. In a human brain time. And so they come alive. They come back. The living dead. And they're rising and doing their zombie stuff all over the world. Including here. And and the last little item I saw about this is not as horrific as some of the others I saw, but it turns out that there was a a 30-man infantry platoon of the German military that was part of a, well, I think it might have been a, a NATO force. And they were in stationed in Lithuania for some reason. Oh, well, wait. I mean, okay, so that NATO put troops, not just German. For all I know, there's Americans there too, because you pick a country and there are American troops there. It might strike you as strange, but that's something we need to pay more attention to. But the Germans ended up pulling their entire infantry unit out of this NATO deployment, which was intended to stand as a warning to the Russians. Watch yourselves here. This is our territory. And they pulled these guys back to Germany. And they're going to dis- – the whole platoon, the whole thing, they're, they're getting rid of the entire bunch of them because these guys were constantly singing boisterously racist and anti-Semitic songs so loudly in the, I guess, hotels they were staying at that the police had to be called. And then their most elite forces have a string uh, after string of of like scandals in recent years. They secretly perform the Nazi salute. They goose step around. So I'm just saying that, you know, as much as I'm talking about loss, there are some things we seem incapable of losing. And that's hate. This kind of constant hate. So just keep your eyes on that. And 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 one more thing that I have to talk about today. This so freaked me out. You're aware of this uh, woman, looking woman. Oh, yeah. She clearly works out, too, because her arms are cut. Christy Nome, you know her? She'd be a governor of the state of South Dakota. Governor Christy Nome. She has ambitions be the next Trump. Did you see what she's doing? 
she has announced that she will deploy members of the South Dakota National Guard. Where are they going? They're going to Texas. They're going to Texas. Apparently, 50 National Guard troops are going to Texas, obviously, as a PR stunt, because what's that going to do? They're going to protect the border. Here's that's creepy enough, but here's the part that is scary. In announcing this, she told the good people of her state, don't worry, you don't have to pay for this PR stunt. This will be funded by an out-of-state Republican mega-donor billionaire who wants to see this PR stunt done. So we are now at a point where a governor of a state will take money from a right-wing billionaire. I guess the right-wing billionaire gets to sort of buy a portion of the National Guard for political purposes, right? How is this legal? How is this legal? I mean, last time I looked, the thing about our military, which makes it different, and the thing that has worked well is civilian oversight of our armed forces. Civilian oversight by, which does not mean privately funded rich people get to take the National Guard. It's never been done. If the National Guard goes out, you damn well bet the people pay for it. Now we're going to have our National Guard available as mercenary units for rich people? Incredible. So who is this rich person? It's a, oh, it's a foundation. The Willis and Reba Johnson Foundation they're in Tennessee, and they don't do uh, the NRA, given a lot of money to Donald Trump. And now Willis and Reba Johnson are uh, buying a little part of the South Dakota National Guard. And Mr. Johnson, when reached, uh, said, I want to protect America. That's it. Uh, Unbelievable. And people who make uh, a profession out of uh, studying uh, military and civilian oversight uh, are freaking out as well they should and as well you, as we all should. My heavens. I'll give you uh, a for instance of uh, one a military policy expert saying this subverts the very idea that the military is the instrument of we, the people. This puts a marker on individual soldiers as mercenaries. So there's that. The hits just keep on coming. Ellie Wigan is on a t-shirt. Yes, I know. She's been on a t-shirt for a long time. And now she's on another one. And you can 
if you buy one, you give money to the zoo, which is another one of her her things. You see this. I'm, I'm asking you guys to send your email because I'm getting these at uh, pghcitypaper.com to um, my new thing, lynncullenshow at gmail.com. That would be uh, better for me. Okay. What else I got here? Uh, Barbara has sent this. You know, these temperatures in the Pacific Northwest and in Canada are not just record breaking. I mean, they're 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 record shattering. They're you know they say you know like a hundred year flood. This is even more than a millennial flood. This is I, I, this is so off the charts. And um, the reality is, if people still don't get how all everything we thought we knew about what to expect of our seasons of weather of what is considered normal, throw it out. It's over. Gone. We've been being warned about this for so long, and what have we done? Next to nothing. Scary. Um, damn it. I'm sorry. Uh, I keep losing my my Gmail. There it is. Uh, Roger writes, no calls today? Oh, I forget. Calls. Uh, yeah, there's calls. Are you there? There's always calls. Hello. Hello. Hi. I've got to fix something here. Something. I don't get an alert. I, okay. Okay. Hi. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, well, well, you know, I, I tried calling earlier because you were mentioning something about, um, you know, how Afghanistan is going to go into civil war and then all these people left behind that who helped us are now probably, if they don't get, get out, they're going to get killed. Of course. And, and, and then, and I'm thinking to myself, boy, this sounds an awful lot like Vietnam. Uh-huh. And then, then you start talking about the goose stepping and the Nazis and this and that. And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, and, and I wonder, it's like when, a generation dies off, and, and I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's some historians or, you know, or anthropologists who, like, when a generation dies off, like our, our World War II vets are pretty much gone, and people who lived through World War II. I mean, there's pretty not much. very many of them yeah. left. Mm-hmm. And, it, it, and and I wonder if a lot of this has to do with yeah, you know, we're repeating history because we just don't have anybody there to remind us anymore. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, you know, we're going back like, you know, uh, like all the FDR programs that were put in place for a long time that helped out a lot of communities are going away. And, and I think you're going to see them hopefully come back because people just can't. It just seems like I'm just looking around. I'm, I'm shaking my head and saying, huh, because I like history. So, I mean, I maybe I didn't live in World War II or or during the 50s, but, you know, I, you know, or, or earlier, but I know enough to say this looks really familiar from my history classes and the books I'm reading, you know, and is that why we're repeating it? I mean, I mean, it's, I, you know, Roger, my guess is that it's no different than it has ever been that human, uh, yeah, humans have very, very short memories, and uh, and human nature being what it is, 
we do keep making the same mistakes over and over. We fail to learn our history, and consequently, we repeat our history ad nauseum. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I have very little hope uh, that we're smartening up because of the evidence that's all around. And, and I'm just again, just looking at the front page of, of the newspaper every day will tell you that we've learned nothing. Well, I didn't know about this Christine Ohms woman that you just brought up. Uh, <laughs> but when, you, when you bring her up and then you, you read about all these voting measures the Republicans are passing in all the states, and then, you know, and, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the pushback on Black Lives Matter, and, and, and I'm like, this is very Civil War stuff, actually. You know, it's like, of this is what is. led. And he's like, this is the Civil War know, again. We never finished and, um, that off. It's coming. We're going to do it again. It's quite clear, and it's the same sides. It's the same people. Nothing changed. Nothing's changed. And they're okay. going to I the mean, mat. The Confederates. They're going to the mat again to keep their sense of what America is, and that is white. And black people are in their place and gays are in their place. And you see these huge institutions going in the wrong direction. Uh, the U.S. Catholic Church, the, uh, the largest Protestant denomination, all siding as, you know, well, actually, the Southern Baptist Convention was created before the last Civil War because of a schism between Southern Baptists and Northern Baptists on slavery. Nothing has changed. It's, it's, it's like, uh, let ignorance ring, rain, you know, it's just, well, like, it's, it's, hum it's humanity. I'm sorry. It's us. It is. We, uh, we are the most imperfect of, uh, God's creations. Um, and we're killing the planet. We're killing each other. We're wiping out most of the species uh, in the world, flora, fauna. We are the worst. We are the worst. Um, well, maybe what needs to happen is our species you know, just needs to, we need to kill ourselves, be gone. And, and that's well, we will. Only, we're going to be the only hope the earth has. That's right. Well, it will regenerate once we're gone. It will come back. We're, 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 we, I don't see how anyone can see it any other way. I'm sorry. I know I'm really negative, but <laughs> sometimes, yeah, but sometimes you just got to look at what's in front of your eyes and, and see, look at our past record. Yes. Progress gets made. We'd make incremental progress. This country has always done that. And there's always been this huge pushback. Every time. And this huge pushback we're seeing comes after the progress, the unbelievable progress of 2008 when we elected a black man as our president. And you see what happened next. The white was, folks in America went berserk. Well, Jim Crow came back. Yeah, and here we go. They went berserk, and they are reasserting themselves now. And so, one step forward, two steps back. It's starting to look Absolutely. that way. Let me ask you this: Where, where does is your is your son have any optimism? No. Okay, because my, my my daughter and her wife, they do, but I think. That's a product of them living in Brooklyn, and they're white, and they're not struggling financially. And um, and I tell them, you know, living in a cosmopolitan area and and having money, they're not wealthy, but but they're they're not they're going to be fine. They are insulated. They live in a bubble. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. You know, when, when we go visit family down in Southern Maryland, 
I said, you know, you might want to watch your public displays of affection. They can't tell us what to say. Yeah, but do you want me to get beat up defending you or shot? I said, I said, you live in a bubble. And they, they disagree with me on that. I said, no, just because you live in New York, you still live in a bubble of sorts. But they, well, they are optimistic, but your son is not. They'll find their, well, they'll find their own way. I mean, I think my son is not optimistic by virtue of his color. Um, okay. And so he's, he's got a, um, he's got a, a very sort of uh, cynical and uh, angry perspective on America. He laughs uh, about a lot of, of what, white America tells itself and what he just, no, I, I, he's not by nature a brooding sort. So his, his way of dealing with it is often through ridicule and, uh, you know, joking about it, but I don't see a lot of, no. Um, I was going to wonder, I was going to ask you if you worry about um, his anger part of it, you know, because, because that, could that come out and put him and you in a, precarious position because no i don't know we all get we all we all get frustrated it's like i mean and my anger rarely leads me to anything positive (laughs) and it's like okay Mm -hmm. yeah no no, i have more i have no i have more uh faith in his um emotional stability and uh than i do mine i mean he's He's a very capable human, but uh, no, I, I, you know, I look, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm sorry. And I, I, I had to go see my doctor yesterday and he said, so how's your show going? I said, well, you know, I just don't know why anyone would listen to it because <laughs> I said, I mean, we could put up, I could put up like an advertising, you know, like we put up need to get depressed. Want Are you to too high on hopeless? life? Yeah. <laughs> Are you? Listen to Lynn Cullen every day, and that'll start you off on the right foot. I have no idea why people want to listen to me. I don't. But I think I am uh, the chicken little that uh, it does that should be listened to. I I, 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 do. I agree. I agree with that. But also, I think that, you, you know, and you probably know this. I do enjoy when you have your family on or mm-hmm. you know, Sally's on. And even Ryan Dito, I know he really, but he, he exudes, I don't say positivity, but he doesn't seem like this really sucks. I mean, he, he's just matter of fact. No, 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 no. He's real. He, you know, he's, he does. He's got a lot of energy. And I was thinking I've got to have Ryan on. It's been a long time. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll try to do that more because I'm incapable of being, um, I mean, in as much as I can find stuff that is uh, happy or quirky or funny, I, you know, I do share those things with you. It's just on most days, I don't have anything. I'm not seeing it. So well, we're living that's in a it. weird and time. I'm, so yeah. weird is one word for it. I, I've got a, um, we're out of, we're over yeah. time. I'm sorry that you waited so long. I, I'm, I, yeah. Okay. I'm Thank you. <laughs> okay. 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 Have a good well, day. you're not. Okay. Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Bye. Bye. See, you let people work from home and what do they do? They call in talk shows. Okay, guys. Um, I guess that's it. And I am sorry. I do feel, you know, I, I, I spout all this stuff off and then I go about my life because that's what we have to do, right? And I'm capable of feeling great joy and appreciation within my life. But when I look beyond my little corner of this planet, um, I see so much trouble on the horizon <laughs> that it's you'd ha- again. I'm sorry, you have to be deaf, dumb, and blind not to. And it's that's what we got. Okay, so um, 
apparently we're going to get rained on later, and then some of this heat's going to go away, and uh, all that's okay by me. Uh, hang in there. I'll be back tomorrow. I swear to God I'll look for something funny. Maybe I'll just start telling stories from my life because my life has been filled with funny, inadvertent funny. Maybe I should just start doing that. Okay, goodbye, guys. Hang in. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Thursday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.